Good afternoon, everybody. This is just barely into the afternoon, I guess. I'm going to do my best to move around and not catch on fire, but um, if, feel free to tell me if I do. Um, it's good to see everybody uh, here. Thank you all for coming. Um, as Charles said, that this is a special day um, to remember uh, Christ's death. It's a liturgical anniversary of sorts um, that marks this out as a day um, of when Christ died as a penalty for um, our sins and also for those of the whole world in the beginning of a three-day period that he spent in the tomb um, under, under the judgment of God on our behalf. Uh, so Charles said, as Charles said, this is a, this is a, a, a hard service. Uh, there's a level of darkness to this service. I'm thankful that we are beginning here with that phrase that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, um, and that that would be our reassurance as we, um, as we really consider what Christ's death means for us, um, not just as a past event, uh, but something that uh, continues to have uh, relevance for us uh, today. Um, and we are holding this service so that because his death is, is something that happened in the past, but because Christ still remains um, the crucified Lord. He is the risen Savior uh, who stands in heaven, and he is also the Lamb who is slain. And he is reading us, he is leading us always as the crucified Lord. Um, and that is uh, an essential part of our faith and what we believe. Uh, I just want to say, starting out here, that Christ's death means several things, and there's, so there are a few different ways we can look at it. Um, but there's something particular that I want to focus on this morning. Um, it can mean, and it does certainly mean, um, that the fact that Christ died on the cross, um, it reassures us of the pardon for our sins. Um, not just a few of them, but all of them, uh, past, present, and future sins, that they have been fully atoned for once and for all. And so there is a large measure of hope and peace in Christ's death. Um, the cross of Christ uh, symbolizes Christ's death, of course. Um, it also is an indictment of the human condition. Uh, the fact that Christ had to die for us um, shows us something about uh, what is inside all of our hearts, what it actually took for us to get right with God, um, to be saved, uh, to be led into a new life. Um, those are all important. But there's another one that is also just as, just as important. And that the cross of Christ um, shows us these things, but it also shows us something present and positive. And it shows us the way forward in discipleship. It shows us not only what we have been pardoned from, but also where we are called to go next. Uh, let me give you an illustration just to illustrate. We tend to think of sin in this way. Um, I, I continue to think that the best theological reflection comes when doing chores. Um, often that's taking a shower, uh, but for me... Um, one of the chores that I have in our house is cleaning up the backyard after my dog. Um, she is quite good at consuming food and repurposing it um, in our backyard where the children play. And it is my job um, to clean up after her. And she has a happy life because she has me um, to clean up after her. And I'll go out in the backyard and it will be full um, and I will clean up every single little bit of it so the yard is clean. And I also know that as soon as that's done, I'll come back the next day and it'll have to be done again. And then it'll have to be done again the day after that. And that there is just something in her nature that I know that this is going to just keep happening. And yet she has me. And I will always be there for her because I love her and I love my family and I'm going to clean up after her. But then what she does is having that, she just kind of goes about her business. 
And she, um, that's a poor way of phrasing that, but she, she goes about um, her day in the way that she will. It doesn't change um, um, the way that she spends her days. And often, I think that's kind of a metaphor for how we can consider sin and how we approach Christ and his death. And that we are truly thankful that he cleans up after us, not just in part, but in the whole. Everything in the past, anything we have ever done, he fully cleans up and atones for and gets rid of it uh, before God. And he also gives us a future assurance that, that we know this is going to happen again. And that his love is not just based on what's been happening in the past, that we have to get right with him, but he knows it's going to happen again. He's, he's cleaned up not only our past sins, but also our future sins. But then it's also the same tendency with us that we take that and we rest in that and we rejoice, and then we go about our daily lives in the way um, that we see fit. And I've been very much helped. Um, I've read a book um, this uh, over these past couple months, uh, it's by a guy named Derek Taylor. It's called Reading Scripture as the Church, which is a book about Bonhoeffer's books, about other people's books. So it's kind of a Russian doll type situation there. Uh, but I, I just want to give it credit for, um, it's been very nourishing for me. It's very uh, dense, if you want to check it out. But he really brings out the point that the cross of Christ, it is a symbol of our, a symbol of our, our righteousness before God and the pardon, our pardon of sin and our objective standing before him, but it also, it gives us something present and positive and that it leads us into the future. It leads us into each new day. And that as Christ is our crucified Lord, he is both our resurrected Lord, but also because that he died on the cross for us, when he leads us into each new day, that that is a process of conviction. He convicts us of our sin. It is a process of conforming us to his will, is a process of peeking into our ambitions, uh, the way we go through life, our priorities, the things that we find satisfaction in, and it sheds a light into those things. And I think asks us a very particular question, um, that we, I, I want this homily to be an invitation essentially to the rest of the service as we read to ask ourselves this question. That's not just what is Christ done, but also where are you? Where are you going? What is the path um, that your feet are on and walking right now as we follow Jesus? Because Christ had to die, that there is always a level of conviction that that brings about us in our lives. It always shows that there is something that is not quite right about the natural way uh, that we like to pursue, uh, the things that we like to pursue. And it shows us that there is a new way that he is calling to, a new way that he is conforming us to as we follow him as our crucified Lord. And this is not just from a book. I want to read Ephesians 3, 7 through 14, and I want to show you that Paul actually um, uses this very present and positive language as he, he describes a very forward-looking view of his own discipleship and relationship with Jesus. Um, I'll start in verse 7. He says this, uh, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. 
we stop there, we see the objective righteousness that God has provided. That even now and for all time, because of his death on the cross, he is able to say there is no condemnation for you. That your objective standing before the Father is one of embrace and welcome, of being cleaned and pure um, before him with no fear and no shame. But then he goes on, listen to the way that he's talking about this in the present tense as we go. In order that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And for Paul, following Christ is a present and an active thing. It leads into each new day. It is always new. It is always a process. It is a being called forward into something else by our Lord and Savior who goes ahead of us. An essential part of that, part of that is knowing the power of his resurrection, which we are going to talk about on Sunday. But we have to now talk about um, the other aspect. But that also means being conformed to Christ even in his death and sharing in his sufferings. And that because Christ died on the cross, it gave Paul a new ambition. And the way forward for Paul was not Paul's way, but it was a full embrace of being conformed daily of daily being brought to conviction, daily having Christ looking into his life and asking him the question, where are you and where are you going? What are the things that you are pursuing? And that in doing this, this was part of the process of knowing Christ. And this is what I want to propose to us, uh, that we are stopping here to look at the death of Christ and to ask him to speak into our lives, uh, to conform us to him, to reform us, to bring us the conviction, to, to show us the things that we need to see, to interrupt the path that our feet are even currently walking on. And it can mean several things. This can be done in an individual sense. I think one of the things that I've been meditating on recently is that Christ, he interrupts us in the middle of both our discontentment and our contentment. And that as we... Um, complain and feel sorry for ourselves about that life is not right this way and that way, that the cross uh, looks into that and stops and asks the question, uh, where are you going? What is the story that you're in? What is this that you need um, in order to be happy? And is that true? And is that right? Uh, the same with our, with our contentment, that when we have you know, all the basic things we need and then we say, I'm good, I'll just spend out the rest of my days um, frittering time away. And he peeks into even that ambition and motivation and says, is that really um, the path that Christ has called us to? Or is it something else? I think he interrupts us in our community life together as we, um, we're in relationships with each other and we experience frustrations and um, there are some people that we like better than other people and respect more than other people and we're always in this process of I want to, I'm walking a road of distancing myself from these people and trying to get in with these people because these are the people who really have it going on who I really respect. And the cross interrupts this in a present sense 
and ask, is this the way uh, that Christ walked? Is this the kind of community life that Christ has really called us to? He interrupts us in the middle of our secret lives that we try to keep hidden and we try to manage on our own. He interrupts us in our desperate struggle to matter on our own and asks us these very penetrating questions. Uh, this can be done corporately. Bonhoeffer did this um, in, in was writing in a time uh, when the national church in Germany was being uh, very compromised in a corporate sense. Um, and, and, and that informs his context, that the cross always calls us to a new reformation um, every single day. Uh, we have our own story about that um, in Birmingham um, in, and the American South in regard to race and the way that the churches played parts in that. But even in a local level, it just asks us about priorities. Like, what, do we, what really matters? What matters most to us? And is this the mission that Christ um, has called us to? So I want that to sit heavy. And that's the purpose of this service, is to, is to invite this kind of meditation and ask in our hearts, where are we going? What is this path that we are on, and where does it lead? Um, is the end of this path, is it a good thing? But... Here's the big but. Um, When we talk about being led by Christ, uh, we talk about being led by his death and the cross, we cannot separate the need of Christ to die on the cross for us. That's to separate what it says about us from the Savior who willingly took it up uh, for us, who willingly came to us and made atonement for us and drew us close, even when we were running away from him. And this is why we can ask ourselves these questions. Because God is asking this not from a disposition of being the critical or dissatisfied or hopeless father who knows we just can't get it right. But he is asking us as the loving father and the loving savior who knew that and who came to us. He is not asking us this grumbling and complaining about us. He is asking us these questions as the one who acted on our behalf and he was leading us forward. And it's not just to show us our sin, but that he can show us himself through that process. That he is the only way. He is the only way out of our desperate situation. And he has lovingly and joyfully come to us and provided us a way. So in our meditations, let's together um, have the courage to ask ourselves the hard questions that we might not want to ask ourselves about who we are and where we're going. But in doing that, of also that as Christ moves forward, the symbol of the cross of our death, that is also the symbol of his love and atonement for us. That he is sufficient. He has given us hope, even in the most desperate circumstances. His grace is sufficient every single day leading us into every single new, con- new um, context, and it will do so until he leads us all the way home. And that is a guarantee. Um, let me stop there and pray for us uh, that he would speak to us this morning. Father, would you open up our hearts this morning? Uh, would you speak to us? Would you make the motivations of our hearts clear? Would you expose them to us? But Father, would you not lead us in despair, but would you lead us to the cross, and that we would meet you there at the foot of it, as the one who has gone before us and the one who will continue to go before us into anything that we see, 
and anywhere you may ask us to go. In Jesus' name, amen.